Man, can we give God just one more big hand because what we've seen today is amazing. <laughs> to see people put their trust, their faith, their whole lives into the hands of God. That is an incredible experience and I love it. Um, so anyway, my name is Ace Woodson, just like Brandon said. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, I was joking around with Brandon earlier and said, hey, I didn't fall down the steps. <laughs> and he says, well, we still got another service left. <laughs> Thanks, Barnabas. <laughs> um, so let me share. I'm going to share uh, my story with you today. I'm going to start with Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So uh, I grew up in a theme park. The theme was trailer. And uh, this trailer park was famous for a lot of things, prostitution, we had drugs, alcohol. Uh, it was a dry county. If you don't know what that means, it means they couldn't sell alcohol legally. But there were a lot of places where we could get what we wanted. Uh, it, was a, it was a rough trailer park, and uh, the kids I hung out with were kind of rough. Um, and my home life was, was just as much of a mess. My father was an alcoholic. He was physically abusive to my mom, verbally abusive to my sister and I. Um, very self-centered person. And uh, it, it was tough growing up in that situation. Um, so there came a point in my life, I really probably started about 13, where I started to look for things to fill the void in my heart. Um, so the first way that I took was heavy metal music. Um, I grew up in MTV generation, and uh, there were a lot of bands on there. Now, my first musical influences, to be honest with you, were the Monkees. Anybody? Yes, I hear, I hear that, I hear that. So I grew up watching the Monkees, but uh, I, I was doing some trading with some stuff, and this kid gave me Kiss, double platinum. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, where has this music been all my life? And so from there, I, th I think I went and bought an Alice Cooper album and Motley Crue and, and all, the, all the 80s hair bands, you know. And so I decided, man, I want to be like them. So I worked all summer. I saved up and bought, bought my first bass guitar. And I bought this big Marlboro amplifier that wasn't even grounded. And it was like an 18-inch speaker and in a uh, single wide trailer, it would pretty much turn that trailer into a big subwoofer. <laughs> so you play that bass, man, everybody in the trailer park's hearing it. Um, so, and so what I would do to learn to play, I learned to play by playing Kiss Alive 2, and I would stand in front of my full length mirror, <clears throat> you know, and the, the, the <laughs> I was wondering why that question came up. Is that really you? Yeah, I was a little older than 13 there. But yeah, that's me. Um, so I uh, uh, just, man, I'd stand in front of that full-length mirror for two hours a, a day just, just playing and learning how to play. And, you know, the roar of the crowd on a live album, I'd go, yeah. And, of course, it was the days of big hair and spandex. So eventually, yes, I did get the big hair. Um, bought some spandex, and there may or may not have been guy liner involved uh, because I wanted to look like my heavy metal idols. And so I started playing in a band, and we would play different places in the, 
in Somerset, you know, wherever we could go to, to play, you know, it wasn't always, you know, it wasn't big festivals or stuff, it was just usually local yokel stuff, and man, I just would, would act like a rock star, and that's what I wanted to be was a rock star, and that was okay for a while, but it definitely became my God because I wanted the glory, I wanted the fame, and that's what I looked forward to was the day when I would play in front of thousands, and I loved the attention. Oh, man, you guys are so great. You sound so good. But there came a point where there wasn't enough attention. There wasn't enough self-glory. There wasn't enough, and it wasn't enough. And that void wasn't getting filled in my life. Now, in the beginning, this way seemed like the right way to go. But in the end. So the next thing that kind of went along with rock and roll was the next way I went was girls. After all, if you were a musician, you could be ugly as sin and still get girls. Mick Jagger. <laughs> Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. The list goes on. Oh, oh Gene Simmons. I remember when Kiss took their makeup off, I was like, man, you need to put that back on. <laughs> so I started relationships with girls that became physical because that's what a rock star did. He, man, had lots of girls. And the goal was to have that physical relationship. And I thought that physical relationship with girls was love. And I was wrong. It was empty. It was shallow. And I started getting to the point where I would just tell girls whatever they wanted to hear. Oh, you're the only one. Oh, I love you. Yeah, I'm committed to you, just you. And it wasn't true. I was willing to say or do whatever it took to have those physical relationships to feel fulfilled and to feel like a rock star. But there came a point where Again, no matter how many relationships there were, there was an emptiness in my heart. And in the beginning, that way really seemed right to me. But in the end... So the last way that I went was alcohol. And at 13 years old, one of my friends brought a bottle of wine to a middle school dance, and we got drunk on it. And that was my first experience getting drunk. From there, the guy in the trailer park, his name was Jimmy Mounts. Jimmy was an alcoholic, but he didn't like to drink alone. So some of us guys that hung out together, we'd go down to his place a couple times a week and drink with him. And some of the other guys smoked pot, but I wasn't at that point yet. But the alcohol, it was free, you know. And so that's where I started dabbling in whiskey and harder drinks. So about the time I got into college, rock and roll wasn't doing it for me. The relationships weren't doing it for me. So at that point, I started drinking pure grain alcohol because... The goal was no longer to be social and drink with friends. The goal was no longer just to, to get a little bit of buzz on. The goal was just to escape life. 
to escape the world, to escape my hurt, to just become, you know, unconscious. Because I had all these hurts, all these scars, all these wounds. And that way seemed right to me in the beginning. But in the end, in the end, all these was leading to death. Because I just didn't care about life anymore. One of my friends from college sent a picture to me one time of us. And I'm like, man, I, I look like a skeleton. And I had no idea the, the physical effect it even took on me. But there's something cool that, that the Bible says beyond what it says in Proverbs. In Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank goodness there had been a kid uh, who lived up on the hill at a church, a little preacher's son, who had started coming down and playing football with us in high school. Just chubby little preacher's kid. Good at football, that fat boy could run. But he was sharing the gospel with us. His family would let us come play football in their backyard. They would feed us sometimes. And Billy was witnessing to me telling me, hey, man, God loves you, dude. Hey, man, Jesus came and died for you. Okay, cool, yeah. And he talked to me about sin in my life. He said, man, Woodson, you know, you're way too young to be drinking like this. Woodson, you treat girls terribly. But he did it in love. So one night I'd gone to a party. Uh, actually had been hanging out all weekend with my buddy Eddie at his place. And um, that night... We were trying to find something to drink. None of the bootleggers we knew had anything. So one guy said, here's, here's a bag of pot. You know, you guys, I'll sell it to you for blah, blah, blah. And so I was just at a point in my life where I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get as messed up on this as I can. And so we smoked and smoked and smoked. <clears throat> and for some reason, I decided about 6 o'clock in the morning to go home. And I got into the, into the apartment uh, where my mom and my sister and I lived. And I looked in the bathroom mirror. And it's just like I saw my dad's reflection. And I realized at that point, everything that I hated about my dad, I had become. And all those ways that had seemed right to me led to death. And that night in that bathroom, I, I, the stuff that Billy had told me came back to me. And I just got on my knees there in that bathroom, and I said, I said, God, I'm a mess. I hate this. I hate what I've become. And this, you know, probably didn't call it sin, but ultimately this sin stuff is just taking my life over and destroying me. I need you. I need you to come into my life and, and heal me, fix me. Take all this crud away. And that night, Jesus became my Lord and Savior. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry for the mess I've made. 
I need you. A week later, my uncle in Scottsburg, Indiana said, man, won't you just come up and start over? They said, you can start a sober life, we'll get you into church, and we did all that. And God has taken some of those things that I had once used for harm and used for good. You know, I got to play in Christian metal bands and, and use that, that music to share the gospel with people in Louisville and stuff. And I praise God for that opportunity that God redeemed those things. So maybe you're here today and there's been some ways you've gone. Maybe you've gone after rock and roll or some other God in your life. Maybe you've been thinking physical relationships, sexual relationships will fulfill you and you're using that to heal and it's not working. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's meth. Maybe it's food. Those are the ways that seem right, but in the end lead to death. I'm here to tell you that today you can start and say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Today you can say, no more going the ways that seem right to me. I'm going the way of God. He's here today. He wants to start a relationship with you today. If that's you, I just want to take a moment and pray. And if that's where you're at today, and you're, you're ready to say, you know, I, I need Jesus, then pray this prayer with me. Maybe you just pray it in your own words, but I just want to, want to kind of guide you. Would you bow your heads, and would the worship team come on back up while we pray? Father God, I love you. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness. Today I come to you and say, I'm a mess. Today I come to you acknowledging the ways I've gone that have led to death. Forgive me. And Father, I pray right now that you draw me your way, the way that leads to life, the way that leads to healing, the way that leads to a relationship with you, the way that leads to you running my life and you guiding every step of the way. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness and I thank you for what you're gonna do in my life. And Father, that you will keep me walking your way to eternal life with life with Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior Amen uh, Brandon's going to share a little more about what you do for next steps please if you're here and you prayed that prayer today and you want to, to know Jesus and you want to you take those next steps uh, catch one of us and Brandon's going to tell you a little more about that <clears throat>